Welcome to CII's podcast, The Voice of Corporate Governance. While this podcast is open to the public, the majority of our work is only accessible to current CII member organizations. If you would like information on becoming a member of CII, please visit our website at cii.org or contact our Director of Membership, Melissa Fader, with her email, melissa at cii.org. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone. This is a Council of Institutional Investors Educational Podcast. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of CII. I'm here today with Professor Jules H. Van Binsbergen of the University of Pennsylvania. Professor Van Binsbergen is the co-author of a recent research paper entitled The Impact of Impact Investing. Thank you, Professor, for speaking with us today. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Professor, what does impact investing mean and what motivated you to write a research paper on the topic? Well, I think that recently there's been quite a bit of attention for the question of can financial investors have an impact on the way real investment in the economy plays out? And so I think impact investing refers to the idea that by making different financial investment choices, such real impact can be achieved. And so the question that we wanted to address in the paper that we wrote is, well, what really quantitatively is the impact of these initiatives? And some of these initiatives relate more to divestment, meaning actively choosing to no longer invest in a particular financial security like a stock or a bond. Uh, Other initiatives include more active engagement, and we wanted to shed some light on which one of these two strategies would be more likely to work. And so the story that I always have in my head, which is is a bit of a fairy tale and a bit of an anecdote, but I think it it nicely illustrates the trade-offs that are involved, is the example of uh, whale oil that was actively used in the 19th and and the beginning of the 20th century. And so at some point, whales were about to go extinct, which of course was an important environmental issue. And the reason was that because of the oil that came from whales, which was used for lamps and for soap, among other things, um, because people needed that oil, they were hunting for these whales too much. Now, suppose that you face that problem. What is the best way to make that stop? Now, there are several approaches that you could take. One is you could say, well, maybe we should just make whale hunting illegal. But of course, as long as whale oil remains a profitable product that people can sell, um, you will have to work very hard to enforce that regulation. Another approach would be to say, well, suppose that, of course, that wasn't true at the time, but suppose that the stocks of these whale hunting companies was publicly traded. Do you think that saying I'm no longer investing in that stock would stop them from hunting the whales, even though whale hunting remains a profitable activity, given that those companies can sell the oil uh, for a high price and make a profit off it? And so in the end, and I think this is informative too, the solution to the problem and what saved the whales was that new technology was developed such that cheaper forms of oil became available. And in that way, it no longer became economically profitable to do the whale hunting because alternatives were available and very quickly the whale hunting stopped. And so I think that when we think through what would be good solutions for achieving particular goals that we have in mind, um, the question is whether disinvesting from particular investments um, is really the right strategy to follow. 
Thank you for being a listener of CII's The Voice of Corporate Governance podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also be interested in our third annual Corporate Governance Bootcamp program. Whether you are new to corporate governance or are looking for a deep dive in everything governance related, join us in partnership with NYU School of Law's Institute for Corporate Governance and Finance as we tackle the issues virtually on November 17th to 19th. To learn more and see our course curriculum, please go to our website at cii.org. Now back to the show. Well, Professor, if, if I'm an investor and I'm concerned about a company's social and environmental cost to society, what's my better strategy? Is it is it one, selling my shares in the company, or two, remaining a shareholder and attempting to pursue improvements to the company? So what we show in the paper is that for the disinvestment strategy to have a meaningful effect, we would like the cost of capital of the company to be affected by a large amount. Now, as it turns out, because stocks are such substitutable investments, investing in one stock versus another stock is a, is a substitutable thing, it is very hard to meaningfully affect the uh, cost of capital of the firms that you're disinvesting from. In other words, all that you're doing is swapping your ownership in the company for another owner in the company without that much effect on the stock price or the cost of capital of the firm. And given the fact that you're somebody who cares about the environmental, social, and government issues, the so-called ESG issues, whereas the person that you're swapping yourself for does not, it seems unlikely that the new owner is going to care more about it than you. And then on top of that, given that you're not having that large an effect on the cost of capital, the question is, what in the end have you achieved? Now, on the other hand, what you can do is say, Given the amount of ESG capital that we have today, suppose that you would organize as ESG investors and you would take substantial ownership stakes in the companies that you're interested in affecting, then you can go to the shareholder meetings meetings and exert your um, influence in the shareholder meeting by voting through proposals that you think will improve the social goals that you have in mind. And so to answer your question, Jeff, it will be the second option, not the first. So, Professor, given your research findings about the ineffectiveness of divestment, why do some investors continue to engage in divestment strategies? Well, there, there may be a variety of reasons. And I, I mean, one of them is that people want to do something and they want to feel like they're doing something. And so there is a certain degree of a placebo effect involved where if you feel like you're doing something, it makes you feel better about the situation. And so you may have a preference for doing that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. What what I'm saying, though, is that it's important for, for people to be informed and realized that even if they do feel better about what they just did, they may not be achieving the objectives that they think they're achieving. And so if they're fully aware of that and still feel like it is better to disinvest because it makes them feel better, there's, of course, nothing against that. It's a free world. They should decide what they want to do. But I don't think that people should be too much under the impression that by doing these disinvestment choices, making these disinvestment choices, um, they're really affecting corporate policy by a lot. Our research seems to suggest that that's just not what's happening. And we go about it in, in, in two different ways. One is 
um, we theoretically derive what the impact would be and we show that it's um, a function of some very simple inputs, including um, what is the fraction of dirty firms in the economy? How much socially conscious capital do we have today? Um, what is the correlation between dirty and clean stocks, for lack of a better word? Um, and we show that given the state of ESG investing today, um, the effect is likely to be very small. Uh, and so that, that's based on that theoretical model. But we also explore it based on an empirical study where we say, well, the FTSE for Good Index is the largest ESG-related index that we have in the world. It's mostly used. Uh, Vanguard uh, bases their index fund on that uh, index. And we find that inclusion or exclusion from the index uh, indeed seems to have very little effect on the stock price and therefore also on the cost of capital that these firms face. That concludes our podcast episode. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to thank Professor Jules H. Van Binsbergen of the University of Pennsylvania. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free to contact me at Jeff, J-E-F-F, at CII.org. Until next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.